TikTok. Derek the Miley. Cause sexuality is tough. And okay, sexist isn't good enough. No. Sex Talk with Eric Miley. Hey, folks. Welcome to Sex Talk with Eric Miley. Eric Miley here. Um, I brought you someone, folks, that um, some people who follow the podcast may be aware of this person just because I kind of plug this program all the time because I am a product and currently in their PhD clinical sexologist program. I brought you Dr. Rachel Needle, psychologist, certified sex therapist, co-director of Modern Sex Therapy Institutes, and let's be completely honest, doer of all the damn things. (laughs) So thank you. Thank you for coming and being on my show. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to have you as a participant in our program and, and to be able to talk about it. Uh, it's a, we have a lot of fun. Our cohort, our PhD cohort, we're the first ones, by the way. I'm going to own that. I'm going to keep Woo-hoo. that little little badge. It's like a social, that's what you need. You need a social media badge for us first <laughs> cohort. First cohort of the PhD program. But our cohort has a discord and that's one of the things that we are always talking about is like that we just feel not only just connected to each other, but the the stuff that we're learning and the and the people that you're bringing to our cohort are just they're world class, Rachel. Like you're just you're kicking ass, bringing us some really great people to learn from. So, how did you decide to to establish the Modern Sex Therapy Institute? Sure. Well, I have been doing continuing education workshops and training since for over 10 years now. So I started with my first company, which is Advanced Mental Training Institute. And for me, what was important is really being able to bring quality training programs that were accessible to people, no matter where you were in the world. And Modern Sex Therapy Institute just really naturally grew out of that when, you know, Ricky and I were doing similar things. And I thought, how crazy. We're friends. We live in the same area. Let's, mm-hmm. you know, kick ass together. That's amazing. And that's Ricky Siegel, folks. Uh, my clinical supervisor, who is also another badass that I love. Yes. And then Joe, Dr. Joe Court joined us. And so it was just sort of natural progression. You know, it's there's such few trainings, I think, around the world in sexuality. And we wanted to bring people the range, right? So we have the LGBTQIA affirmative program, the alternative relationships program, couples and sex therapy, medical sexology general just sex therapy certifications. And then the PhD was a dream that we had for a while now and took a while to get there. And, and, and like you said, you're our first cohort and we're, we're stoked because it's growing really naturally and amazingly. And we get to make sure that therapists have the training they need to really treat people who come in with couples or relationships or sexual issues appropriately and ethically. And I mean, you did a such more professional, beautiful job of describing what I just call around the best sex nerdery <laughs> that we can get our hands on. <laughs> I mean, so I, I mean, I think that brings us to this question about like, what is the importance of and we're going to get we're going to get down to it, like the importance of sex education for people who are helpers. So I mean, because I know the, the many, many times uh, Ricky and it has been we've been in supervision and we're talking about how little information medical providers, therapists have about sex. So what is this this deep importance about them having this proper sex education? I mean, I think it's so important, Erica, and not just because I specialize in it, right? What we know is that you don't have to be a certified sex therapist. You don't have to do that, but you do have to be sexually competent 
and sexually informed. I really feel that without doing that, clients get mis- feel misunderstood. Even there's a lot of shame that's put on clients. They get misdiagnosed. And so it's really, I think, important that you have some basic knowledge as a mental health or medical professional um, when working with clients. You know, we see so, I mean, we tell stories all the time about, you know, what we hear when couples or individuals come to us after seeing somebody else. And a lot of times what we see is that, you know, what sexual health looks like for the therapist is put onto the client and it can do such harm. And I don't think people realize that it's not just not knowing or, or not being willing to have the conversation, which some therapists aren't like, you know, Ricky tells a story about a client that a couple that came to him that saw their, their therapist for over six months. And were like, we want to talk about sex, sex, sex. And the, and the therapist was like, no communication first, you know, and not even not being able to just start to talk about what's going on in your relationship and how it's contributing to maybe that communication issue. It is to me a huge disservice that you can do to, to clients. Yes, absolutely. This fear or that our cultural, cultural fear around sexuality, and I would say global cultural fear around sexuality. Of course, some countries do it better than the US, that's for dang sure. But honestly, that 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 permeates every single one of us, regardless of what you do. And so when you go to your medical doctor and you say, you know, hey, I I have maybe a mark on my genitals that I I don't know what to do with. And then if your doctor isn't as uncomfortable with it than you are, then you're screwed. You're not going to get what you need from that doctor. And the same thing goes for a therapist or a psychologist. Is it... Oh, you have ADHD and 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 you've been really struggling with that. Oh, and it's kind of showing up with your relationship. Oh, and it's showing up in your sex life too. We need to as providers need to be able to talk about every domain of life and that includes our sexual health. We are a whole person, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that you know, we could get into the statistics about how many even OBGYNs don't ask about sex when someone comes in their office, but you know, therapists especially, but you know, even just knowing the proper language to use could make a huge difference in how you make your client feel and how safe and comfortable they feel speak, you know, talking to you. And, you know, even just recently in, in, you know, another business sort of a a therapist group that I do with Amanda Patterson, my private practice collective, there was somebody who mentioned, you know, something about a client, like it was a very brief, like one sentence or type thing about like, you know, partners, you know, partners, masturbating, dot, 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 whatever. It was very brief and very little information and the thread of comments in terms of what to do. And I don't want to shame therapists, right? They don't have the knowledge, but, you know, included, I mean, almost everyone was about sex addiction therapy, sex addiction therapy, sex. And I'm like, wait, I want to know so much more. So us just jumping to conclusions and making like this, you know, narrow linear leap can also be really harmful to our clients because they then adopt that story of what's going on in their relationship, what's going on with themselves. And let's make sure that at least we're giving them something accurate to work with. And so if you're not knowledgeable, at least defer to somebody who is or, or refer to someone who is 
and learn a little well, go bit. Go get you some CEUs from Rachel and the people at Monster Modern <laughs> Sex Therapy Institutes. Come that on. Too. That <laughs> like, too. You can take them from wherever you are. You can be sitting in your damn bed recording and interacting with the people who are on the screen with you. And, and I mean, we just, you, you just brought uh, Dr. Jess O'Reilly to us and that training, it was of course, a long training. I and mean, a bunch of us just did the, the SAR, which <laughs> 16 hours long. What <laughs> we did, we've just been on a lot of trainings. We were all, we're all real tired. But that being said, like you brought Dr. Jess O'Reilly in, and we got to be in the chat together, not only as people being trained. So we're talking, bringing up resources, but then we're also getting our questions answered from someone who's been doing this a long time. And you bring such a good quality and caliber of folk to us that you do stay interested even when you're tired and drinking a lot of coffee. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's something that's always been important to me. I mean, I think that I, I know a lot. I've been teaching, you know, human sexuality since like the day after I got my master's degree. So a long time. And, you know, I could teach about a lot of these topics, but I think that's a huge disservice to people. I think bringing in experts in every area is so important for people to have the variety of perspective, variety of, of theory and ideas, and just people that literally specialize in that one area. So that's been something that we've we've always felt very strongly about. Yeah, absolutely. And Rachel brought in your girl. I, I did, and I came and I talked about eating disorders and bariatric surgery and sex therapy, because those are things that a lot of people don't get training around, even when you're in graduate school and you're learning about eating disorders. You don't learn about how that impacts a person's sex life, their relational life. They, they don't talk about that in grad school. And a lot of times when you get supervision around these things, the person you're getting supervision from is probably really great in helping you your clinical skills. But some of these more specialized areas that, that education that is lacking in our own graduate school experiences, that, that you, are, you are so beautiful beautifully providing. So like, I, I want to bring this down to the average person too, because like the average person isn't getting as much of this information. I mean, shit, we all know that the sex education across the United States is garbage. So what is the importance of understanding sexual health in general in your thoughts? I think it's hugely important as well. I mean, general public, like being able to know about yourself, how your body works, how you present in relationships, how you'll function sexually that, I mean, I can't tell you how many times I get questions. People, you know, are, are fearful and anxious about recently somebody, you know, about who couldn't get an erection, you know, like one time with their partner and then, then another time. And then after the second time, he just, his mind took over and he thought I'll never be the same. I won't be able to be sexual in this way with an erection again. And it was just so full of anxiety as a result of it. People that, you know, just think their body's betraying them in so many ways. So learning about what your body does, how it functions, how it works, understanding why you have attractions and, you know, how that works. And, and, you know, even just today, someone who called a potential client was really anxious about the fact that what they looked at was, you know, what they thought perverted and weird. You know, they, they had a hard time even sharing with me what they were watching when they were masturbating, right? Because they were so felt so much shame around. And so it was just, it took me a minute to normalize like that that's actually a really common fantasy. And that's a really common thing that people look up on, you know, when they look at sexual imagery, made him feel so much better. 
Yeah. When people get on the Google, they don't realize how much, um, I mean, maybe they do. Some people understand that how much they keep track of our information. And here's the reality, folks. Pornhub is keeping track of all your information. They come out <laughs> yep. with an, inf- an amazing infograph every year that the data is wonderful. As nerds, we love to read that. But the thing is, we know is that there's so many things that are a lot more normal than culture would have us believe. We're all interested in, in a lot of different kinds of things. And a lot of us are interested in group sex and 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 we're all interested in uh you know dr justin lehman or miller did that wonderful book uh, tell me what you want and gave us all that wonderful data so go read it and take lots of such education you all will feel a lot better so but back to our therapist yeah. friends like <laughs> what can happen for a therapist when they're feeling inadequate about their sexual information or even their own sex lives it can cause a lot of shame in themselves and discomfort. And I think, you know, even more important than that, it comes across the clients. So I think it, it sends ourselves a message that we're not comfortable, that maybe we're damaged. It sends our clients a message that something's wrong with them. Right. So it just, you know, clients see us as experts. So it's our responsibility, I think, to obviously not be all knowing. We can't specialize and know about everything in every you know area of psychology but we can be informed and competent and know how to get the information we don't know. And at the very least be comfortable because sex is as much as like we talk about, people talk about sex more than they used to, right? Sex is still very much taboo and private. Even the therapists, you know, obviously I have a ton of my friends are, 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 you know, also therapists and even the ones who will like, you know, obviously you're my friend, you're going to be comfortable with sex because it's all Mm. I talk about. Uh, Um, But even those that like can have (laughs) great conversations about sex with, you know, with me and our group of friends and what they did and how many orgasms they had and this and that, if a client's in front of them, they will not talk about it. Right. So it's becoming more comfortable is so important, not just for yourself, but for your clients. So for both of you, being able to explore that kind of that, yes, maybe I can joke and have fun with my friends, but then when I get in front of somebody that I'm helping through their problems, like that comfort really does need to continue through all of the domains of people that we can talk to, right? Like if we can talk about having and helping our people get through chemotherapy, if we can talk about other sorts of different types of really hard medical conditions, we got to be able to talk about this part of the body too. We've got to be able to talk about our genitalia. We've got to be able to talk about our, our, it doesn't mean that, you know, every single one of your friends needs to know every single one of your kinks. That's not what I'm arguing, but like, but I mean, maybe my friends might, but, <laughs> but still like, I need to know what position, what happened, I know. Like, I need to play by play. Come on. <laughs> but being able to acknowledge that this person in front of you is is afraid and that that shame probably didn't come from with the, from anything they've done on purpose. More than likely it's come from a lot of the education they've had or their or their caregivers or what have you. So I'm just I'm so stoked that you're doing the work you're doing. Thank you. And just realizing that it's about quality of life about quality of life and about relationship satisfaction because our sexual satisfaction contributes to both. Like we have research on it. And I love that you brought up chemotherapy because I actually, I started off specializing in psychosocial factors and sex and relationships following and during cancer treatment. And that's a perfect example of like where, you know, obviously the doctors are concerned about whether someone lives or dies. That's understandable, right? But once we know that they're going to be in treatment and going to live, 
their quality of life is rarely addressed, you know, and this is something that comes in everywhere. Every cancer treatment will have hundred percent will have some sort of sexual side effect. So being able to, no matter what's coming up in someone's life, whether they're young or old, sick, healthy, you need to be talking about sexual health. You need to be ex- exploring their, you know, or, or just asking about, just ask a couple open-ended questions in your like intake process. And that's good. And if something comes up, at least they know they can feel comfortable speaking about it to you or starting the conversation. If you're not the right person, you can get them to that person. Absolutely. I think that is something that so many of my clients, regardless of what like their medical conditions, other medical conditions that they that they deal with, whether it's a hormone replacement therapy because they're going through menopause, a hormone replacement therapy because they are trans and they want to transition, or it's someone who's dealing with Crohn's disease. Like it doesn't matter what the medical condition, every single one of them tell me about how it impacts their sexual life. And they also talk about how pleasure can be the sometimes only source of good in their life. Why are we not talking about that? (laughs) Absolutely. And like, I mean, sex is amazing, right? Just sexual activity. We talk about sex. We talk about touching and kissing and fondling and, you know, obviously penetration, oral. We talk, it's just like such a continuum that like it, it helps connect us. It helps us feel connected to ourselves, self-pleasure, right? And, and there's such misinformation. You know, you talk about menopause and, you know, people think, oh, I'm going through menopause. I'm not going to be sexual. Well, plenty of people actually are more, have more sexual desire after menopause. Males that talk about changes with erection orgasm as they get older. They're like, oh, well, it's because I'm getting older. Well, no, not necessarily. Yes, our sexuality and functioning will change throughout our lives. And that will be up and down, up and down and different. It'll just be different, not good or bad. That's actually not usually even, not all that even is even related to age, right? Like what medications are you on? What health conditions do you have? Those could be the things that are impacting, let's say your erection or your desire. Yes, absolutely. So many pieces, so many pieces for all of us and every single single person. So if you're the average person and you've got a care team, the, that care team needs to be thinking about every piece of you and you're just bringing up the importance of that. So I want to make sure that we get to like talking about what's coming up for the Modern Sex Therapy Institutes, what you got coming out and then how people find you in the world. Awesome. So yeah, I mean, modernsextherapyinstitutes.com you'll be able to see all of our upcoming workshops. Of course, right now, we typically do them in eight different states and and we're expanding, but for right now, everything's live via webinar. We also have over 150 archived workshops on our website. And, you know, like I said, we have seven different certifications ranging from sex therapy certification to LGBTQIA affirmative therapy certification, a transgender mental health care certification coming up, and then our PhD in clinical sexology program. So you can attend one thing, the gamut of things. It, it's up to you. You can get fully certified through our program. We meet all ASEC requirements. So it's something that's unique about our program. And we literally do all the heavy lifting when it comes to your application with you and uh, fill that out. So I also, as I mentioned, my private practice collective, we have upcoming workshops and courses about building in-person and online practices. We help you do that. Everything from setting it up from scratch to marketing and thriving and growing. And I'd love to help you. So check us out and I can be found everywhere at Dr. Rachel or um, Facebook, at least Dr. Rachel Needle on all other social media. So I appreciate it. 
Yay, social media and everything will be in this in the show notes for you to be able to find everything that you all need. I promise y'all you will not regret it, especially if you're a clinician out there or if you're a if you're a doctor, you're a psychologist, you're I, I mean, even if like you're you're out here and you're an OBGYN and you want some more information, like this is the place to go, my friends. Rachel, I so appreciate you being here with me. And everybody, thank you for hanging out with us. We will see you next time. Bye. Thanks. Thanks for listening, folks. Please rate and review on iTunes. It helps this podcast get found. If you leave a five-star review, let me know about it on any social media, and I'll shout you out on the podcast. You can find my website at ericamiley.com. You can find me on Facebook, the gram, and Twitter. See y'all next time.